Psalm 119. And this morning I draw your attention to two verses. First of all, the verse 123. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. And to this text I would add verse 82. Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? Spiritual eye strain is our subject this morning. You will see in both these texts the same expression occurs. Mine eyes fail. Two are for something. Something in relation to God. In the verse 123, his eyes fail for God's salvation, thy salvation, and for thy word of righteousness. And then in verse 82, mine eyes fail for thy word. For God's word, for God's grace, for God's salvation. And so we can call these cases of spiritual eye strain. Our translators use the word fail. It gives the idea of consumption, something being consumed. And the sense is that his eyes are wearied, that they're tired. That they're strained with much looking and stirring. They have been consumed with focusing. It's a bit like the student in the books. Reading and studying over the text. Going through the pages. The words and the sentences over and over again. Well what happens? Well many things happen. But in relation to the eyes. They get strained. They get weary. They get tired. They begin to fail. Or maybe, to change the illustration, maybe a bird watcher in a forest, one who is focusing his eyes, is unaided eyes, first of all, through the branches, through the leaves, through the trees, in the dullness, perhaps from time to time using his binoculars, focusing intensely on the different birds as they come and go or as they sit on the branches, intensely stirring in the poor light, straining his eyes perhaps for hours as he tries to enjoy the bird life and to be familiar with it and to maybe even discover some new species that are strange to the forest. His eyes get tired. Or looking at night through the telescope into the stars, if you've ever done that, you'll soon discover that you get very sore eyes, get strained eyes, you get blurry eyes, and you have to, you know, do it within time limits. Or studying something for working under magnifying glass intensely, so intensely, and you get eye strain. After many hours, they fail. And David's there. He gets eye consumption in the eyes of his soul because that's what we're talking about as we said the last time in this section. The eyes, they are his spiritual eyes, the eyes of his soul. They're strained. And that eye strain, we have to say, is showing forth something good in David's soul. 
The eye strain is not easy. It's painful. It's intense. But it shows what he delights in. It shows what he loves. It shows where his longings are. Where he's focusing his gaze. So while it is painful, it is also indicating something good. You look at what you desire, and you desire what you look at, and the more you desire it, the more you look at it. It's a metaphor for his desires, for the longings of his soul. He's not getting this eye strain through looking at the world. He's not getting this eye strain through looking at that which he shouldn't be looking at. He's not getting this eye strain by focusing and stirring at uncleanness. We have already seen that he's a man who has prayed for the purification of his eyes. He's a man who before he can say, Mine eyes feel for thy word and for thy salvation, before he come to that place, he had been saying, Open mine eyes, unblock mine eyes, unveil mine eyes, Take the things out of mine eyes, Lord, that are not allowing me to see thee. So he had prayed about his eyes being unblocked, that he might behold wondrous things out of the word of God. And then he prayed for the turning of his eyes in verse 37. We looked at that. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. They're not being consumed on vanity anymore. He's repented of that sinful focusing on sinful things And he's turned from that. And he's focusing now on what he ought to be focusing, the word of God. So his eyes aren't failing because he's longing for material things. They're not failing because he's always coveting earthly things. They're not being consumed because of the desires for this world. And for the things of this world. Or even for sinful things. Now that's not the kind of consumption of soul that he is experiencing in this room. He is very much a man of God in this room walking with the Lord. His eye strain is not like Eve's who when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes she kept looking, she kept stirring. A tree to be desired, it entered into her soul. It became a covetous desire in her soul. Her eyes are being consumed, stirring at that tree until she finally takes off the fruit thereof and her very soul is consumed in sin. Nor does the eye strain of Achan who saw the goodly worldly garments and the shackles of silver, the the riches of the world and the mammon. He saw all of that and he said, I I stirred, I saw them, I looked at them, they entered into my soul, I I coveted them, he said. And he strained his eyes on that which he ought not to have done so, and it strained his soul and it ruined his life, his own life and the very life of his family. But David, having got his eyes right in these prayers of repentance about them, turn them, Lord, unto thee. He has now been to the heavenly optician. He has now his eyes equipped for their right use, unblocked and unveiled for their right use, 
and he's turned on to that which is good. And the man of God who has that grace now, has that tunnel vision, my eyes fail for your word. And they're failing for your salvation. This is a good thing. He's fixing his eyes now on the very opposite of vanity. God's holy word. God's great salvation in Jesus Christ. He's getting his mind on that now. He's not allowing other things to come in and consume his soul. Looking at them and thinking about them all the time. He's allowing the great word of God and the great salvation of grace to enter into his soul. By constantly fixing his thoughts and desires upon that. So the man of God tells us where his gaze is this morning. For the word and for the salvation of God. You see then that David's desires are most worthy. They are God glorifying. Because he's desiring the Lord. And the Lord's voice. This eye stain is a commendable thing. It shows he's working in the grace of God to know the Lord more and to walk with him even more closely. So this is a believer, I want to emphasize that this morning, this is a believer who is walking with God. It shows a man hungry for God that he has this eye stain. Just like the bird watcher who gets the eye stain, that shows a man hungry to see the birds and to study the fowl. Just like the astronomer through his telescope straining his eyes, that shows a man hungry to learn about the stars and about the cosmos. This is a man hungry for God, hungry for the Word. He's focusing also as one who is desperate. We can't say the bird watcher, the astronomer is desperate. He's doing that for his intellectual benefit, for his pleasure, for merely book learning. But the man of God is not really mainly doing it for book learning. He's not ours in the word and studying the word just to be a great intellect and to, to be intelligent. No, he is focusing as one who is desperate. As a poor sinner who is desperate. As a poor child of God who is desperate to walk with God. He's in a difficult, desperate situation. And he just needs the Lord. And he just needs the comfort of the word. So it's not so much, I don't want you to think he's an astronomer. And he's a bird watcher. And he's one who just you know, makes nice, delicate things and needs his eyes. No, he's, he's in a position of danger and plight and concern of soul. And he's desperate. For God's word and God. That's the condition he's in. So it's not about the student wanting to get more knowledge. Just on his eyes are weary of studying the book. No. Here's a man who wants to know God. He reminds me of that poor humble servant. That we read of in, in Psalm 123. Where we read on to thee. This is what the servant says. To God unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of the servants look unto the hand of their masters, 
and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord. Why? Until he hath mercy upon us. This desperation. Just like that servant stirring at the table, you no know, sitting around the table, and the, all the family of the household is eating their meal, and he's stirring at the master, waiting for the next, the next hand signal. Stirring. Doesn't take his eye. Doesn't want to miss that hand signal. Stirring as the eyes of the servant onto the hand of the master. So our eyes are never taken off the Lord. That's where David is this morning. Verse 82 then, first of all, if we focus on that. Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? You see, it is as if he has a great need here, doesn't it? Because he, he says, when will you comfort me? My, my eyes are just continually looking to you, Lord. When will you comfort me? So he's in a situation of sorrow, isn't he? He's broken hearted about something. He has a pained heart, a pained soul. But he's not getting his focus off God. He's not getting his focus off the word. He's looking to the Lord. He's looking to the promises of God. He's looking into the Word. It seems as if he's not getting anything out of the Word. My eyes fail. They're being consumed looking at the Word. Lord, when, when will you comfort me? As if he's not getting anything. As if the discomfort is not being relieved. As if he's not getting peace of soul. But he's still looking into the Word. He's still straining his eyes into the scriptures. Mine eyes are growing weary, Lord, looking at your promises. Mine eyes are growing weary searching the scriptures for that relief which I know you can bring to me through the word. But when will you bring me the relief? But he's looking and stirring and focusing in the right place. But the relief's not coming. When will you comfort me? My eyes are failing. I'm growing weary. Looking and searching and waiting. So he's not like that servant who, you remember Elijah sent. Elijah's praying. Elijah's looking in his soul. But he sent the servant to look for the sign of the rain. And what did the servant do? He, he went and he had a wee glance. And he went back again. Stop looking. He didn't get eyes strained, did he? Trying to see something. He got no eyes strained. He went back. Nothing. Nothing. And Elijah had to send him again. Back it comes again. Nothing. Nothing. Seven times he had to do it. He wasn't getting eyes strained. And then eventually, not through eyes strained, but eventually just through the goodness of God to Elijah, he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. Didn't have to focus too hard. It was visible. Just the size of a man's hand. Not too much. But he didn't get eyes strained having to see it. That servant wasn't like this servant David. David wasn't back and forth like a yo-yo. David's looking all the time. I'm focusing. I'm looking. 
I'm stirring for something, for the same, for the cloud the size of a man's hand. I'm intensely gazing. When will you comfort me? That's, that's David. And that's Elijah too, in prayer before God. But not the servant who's doing all the looking in that story. Seven times he has to be exhorted. Look again, look again. What I'm saying is, David doesn't stop looking. You don't have to tell him, look again, David. I'm weary of looking. I haven't lost my focus. You see, whenever we are in trouble, we look at the trouble, and then maybe we'll look to the Lord. We we'll looked at the problem, we stirring it, we spent hours focusing on it, and then maybe we give the Lord a wee minute or two glance. That's, that's not the way to do it. Lord, I'm not taking my eyes off you. No matter who troubles me, no matter what pains me, no matter who the devil raises up, I'm not taking my eyes off you, Lord. My eyes fail. For your work. So David needs comforted. And he's longing for the Lord to do it. And he's looking in the right place for it to come. Maybe you need comforted this morning. You're saying this is me. When wilt thou comfort me? Well keep looking to the Lord. Never lose sight of Jesus. Keep looking on to Jesus. Who is after all the author and finisher of faith. There's no one else. Keep looking to heaven. Keep lifting up your eyes onto the hills, into the high place from whence your help alone comes, from the Lord on high. Keep stirring into the heavenly glory, to the Saviour at the right hand of the Father. That's what the Saviour did. On his journey on earth. This is the Saviour speaking. My eyes fail for your word. When will you comfort me? This is Christ too. The Lord Jesus was here. You remember the night he was betrayed. Do you see him in Gethsemane? Weary of his crying. His eyes failing. And he keeps looking. Remember that great intercessory prayer. John 17. How does it begin? Lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, his eyes, mind you, the eyes of his soul were lifted up to heaven, but literally his eyes were too. The disciples noticed it and they were probably open as well, but he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he prayed, Father, the hours come. Always lifting up his eyes. Remember the context of that lifting up of his eyes. It was the night of the betrayal. It was the eve of the crucifixion. It was the dark hour of suffering. And he's lifting up his eyes to heaven. When will thou comfort me? The hours come. That psalm that we read is is messianic psalm. And the saviour there is saying, I'm weary of my crying. My throat is dried, he said. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. So this is the Saviour. And we have to imitate him in the dark nights of our soul. So don't let your heart sink, child of God, and don't give up. 
Don't cease looking to the Lord. Don't take your eyes off the Lord. Don't, don't be distracted and diverted from, by anything or anyone. Keep looking unto Jesus. And keep looking into the Word. And keep hearing the Word. Don't give up. In the text in the room that we have been in lately, the eye in room, the word reminds us of the eye. It's a Hebrew word for eye. In this room, in verse 123, he, he commences the verse with the word eyes. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the words of thy righteousness. Uh, this means that he's, he's looking for the Savior because God's salvation is in Jesus Christ. And we don't find salvation anywhere else but in Jesus Christ. And so when he's saying that he's looking for the Lord's salvation, he's saying that he's looking to the rock of salvation. He's looking to the Savior. He's looking to the Redeemer. He's looking for a view of the Lord Jesus. If we're looking for salvation and we're looking in the right place, we're looking to the Savior and to the Savior alone. And the child of God ought to be getting eyes straight focusing to see his Savior all the time. We would see Jesus. We would see the Savior, the child of God should be saying. Now, of course, looking for the Savior is not separate from looking into the Word because he says there, my eyes fail for thy salvation and for the Word of thy righteousness. So he's, he's looking into the Word for the Savior, for the rock of salvation. He's not looking anywhere else than his Bible to see the Lord. And it's a pure word he's looking into, the word of thy righteousness. Because the Bible is a righteous word. It was given by a righteous God, and it makes us righteous. It sanctifies, you see. It makes the people of God holy and righteous. And he says, I'm looking for the Savior, and I'm looking into the word that sanctifies, the word that will make me righteous, the word that will make me like the Lord. I'm just wanting to focus on that. It's a word that sanctifies, you see. If he's going to be sanctified, if he's going to keep seeing the Savior, he's going to have to keep looking into the word of righteousness. And brethren and sisters, I have to say to you, keep, keep reading your Bible. Keep looking into the Word. Keep hearing the Word. Never cease. Never stop. Don't let anything interfere with that. The only way you can hope to see Christ with a, a, a refreshing view to your soul is by this means of continually allowing your eyes to fail for God's Word. So he's looking in the right place to see the Savior and we ought to do that too. What could we say about this looking for salvation? Finally, as we close, several things, first of all. We can see here this longing for salvation that every sinner needs. This is what every sinner needs to be in this place. Mine eyes fail for your salvation. The sinner who is awakened is a desperate sinner. The sinner who has been worked upon by the mighty Holy Spirit, whose conscience has been awakened, who sees his sinfulness, who feels his depravity, who understands his danger, is a sinner who's in a desperate position 
And he begins to say, Lord, my eyes are failing for your salvation. I need you to save me. I need you to bring me out of this condition by your marvelous grace. We don't see many desperate sinners today, do we? Desperate to be reconciled to God. Desperate to be saved. We don't see eyes strain in the souls of sinners. Desperate to get a new heart. Desperate to have peace with God. Desperate to have their conscience pacified. And to enjoy the assurance of salvation. There are a few sinners that are desperate saying, Oh, my eyes fail for your salvation. And that's where the sinner has to be brought. To look to Christ. To be desperate to see Christ. And no preacher can create that in the human heart. And all our evangelism cannot originate that. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in the soul. And for that we have to pray. That God would pour out of his Holy Spirit upon the hearts of us. Of sinners and of all men. So he's, he's waiting on Christ, the awakened sinner. He's looking to the Redeemer to come for him, to come to him in salvation grace. What does the Lord say? You'll find me when you seek for me with all your heart. Here's a sinner with all his heart. My eyes are feeling, Lord, for your salvation. He's desperate to be saved. Oh, that we could get an age where sinners are desperate to be saved. There are few seekers today, few sinners as described here, but those who seek him will find him. And if the sinner keeps looking on to Jesus, at last the Saviour will come to him and deliver him. As David found, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined on to me and heard my cry, and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Out of the merry clay, I looked to him. I strained mine eyes for his salvation. I patiently continued stirring for the Redeemer to come. And at length to me, he did incline his feet to me. And he took me up. The sinner will find this. If you look unto Jesus, he will take you up. If you cry in desperation out of your lost estate... He will take you up. He will show you his great salvation. But alas, we're in an age where they neglect this so great salvation. They don't give it a thought. It wouldn't even get a passing glance. The pictures in the art gallery and the art museum would get better looking at than God's great salvation by sinners today. Oh, but sinners need to look for salvation and to look to Jesus Christ alone for it. So this is the sinner. But surely also we have here longing because David is a believer. And so he's longing for some other salvation than justification by grace. He's longing for the sanctification of God. The salvation that sanctifies. The salvation that delivers men from sin. The salvation that makes men holy. You see, there is... Uh, was saved, are being saved, and shall be saved. The child of God through, goes through all of these experiences. He was saved when he first believed in Jesus, justified. Now he's being saved daily in the sanctifying grace of God, and at the last day he shall be saved 
when he is glorified by seeing Jesus Christ. And there'll be no eye strain then. It'll be the most comfortable experience that the eyes of the soul have ever had. But he's looking for sanctification. That's why he says, the word of thy righteousness, the word that sanctifies me, the word that makes me holy and righteous, this is the salvation that he's waiting for. The salvation that makes him like Christ, that makes him holy. So we're to look to the word and to Christ to be holy, to be righteous. We all with open face, Paul says, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. It's an image of holiness. And we're sealed, changed into the same image as from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. It's that for which David is praying. It is that for which the Savior lifted up his eyes to heaven and says, Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them, Lord. Make them holy. Make them righteous. So the Savior's getting eyes strained that his people may be holy. And surely we ought to get high strength that we may be holy too. And lifting up our eyes for his grace. What did David say in another place? I'll be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. He's consumed. He's, he's restless. He's thirsty to be like God. But that's the salvation David's longing for. Not a salvation where, oh, I'm saved today, off he goes. Never looks at the Lord ever again. That's not the salvation he wants. Looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the one who begins it in justification and who completes it in sanctification and glorification. You can't take your eyes off Jesus one minute for anything or anybody. Surely we cannot leave this section, and certainly not this verse, without alluding to the second coming of Christ. To the day of salvation, to the day of redemption, the great advent of our Lord, when he appears in glory, and those his people appear with him, and like him too. So there, there's something of that here as well. There, there's something that our eyes must be upon too. My eyes fail for your salvation. Can we not apply this to the second coming? We must also be looking for the salvation of God at the glorification in the second advent. How many of us really have eyes strained for the second coming? Let's be honest with ourselves. How many of us, how few of us, if any of us, are longing for his appearing? Praying for his coming. My eyes are failing for your advent. My eyes are failing for the day of redemption and the day of salvation. How cold the church of Christ has become in these days. How few of us are saying, as they used to say in the New Testament church, Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hasten. Hasten to deliver us. How few of us are praying like that. The early church seemed to be able to say this all the time. Our eyes are failing for your appearing. For your coming. For your salvation. Uh, what does the Bible say about this matter so often? Paul says, looking. 
looking for that blessed hope, stirring, straining your eyes, focusing for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. There's something of that in this verse. My eyes feel looking, looking for the glorious appearing of the, the great God and the Savior Jesus Christ. Our conversation is in heaven, Paul said. From whence also we look, we're stirring, we're stirring for the Savior, we're looking for the Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, who fashion it like unto his glorious body. That's salvation, I tell you. When you're like Christ. Oh, I'm waiting for that, the psalmist says. My eyes are straining for that. Looking, looking for the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall give us this change into glory. And what does the Bible say? That the Lord is the righteous judge who gives the crown to them that love his appearing. Love his appearing. And that's not just the ones at the end of the world who happen to be the privileged ones that did see his appearing. No, this is to be a description of all the people of God in every generation. They were just longing for his appearing. It was in their heart. This was written on their soul. Men eyes fail for your appearing, for your salvation. Are we there? This is where the early church was. This is where David was. The church doesn't seem to pray like this today, sadly. Ah, but it will. It will. When Satan has his little season, when he has his little release, when he does his work like he never did it before in the final days, and the great persecution arises, and when the church burns in the fires in this end age, then saints will get eyes straight, I tell you. And they'll be saying, Lord, my eyes fail. When will you deliver us? When will you come and intervene in this and give us this salvation for which we long? My eyes fail for thy word. When will thou comfort me? So this is spiritual eye And it's a good thing. May we have its grace in our hearts. Let us pray.